So this morning we're beginning this new series, bringing it to the table. And, and this series is kind of like, you know, that table talk, that, that time when the family comes together and you spend time around the table and, and you have those conversations. And sometimes those conversations aren't easy. Sometimes they're hard conversations to have. And I remember growing up when we brought everything to the table Sometimes it caused some issues. Sometimes there was some discussion that you really didn't want to be a part of, but it all happened at the table. We brought everything to the table. <clears throat> and during this series, what we want to do is kind of look at what God's Word says about these issues. What, you know, instead of what we may think or our own personal opinions on something, actually get into what God's Word says and as we look at addressing conflict or we look at these issues that are, we deal with, we can have hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ and know that through the gospel of Jesus and through Jesus that we can bring peace in any situation. <coughs> wow, it's going to be one of them mornings. So the reality is that as we look and, you know, as we looked at our families growing up, in this world that we live in today, man, we live in a world of differences, don't we? There are so many differences in this world. There's differences in culture, uh, different belief systems. You know, we have political differences that lead to wars. We have division. We have all these different divisive issues that go on. And the reality is, it's not just here in America. This happens around the world. But what we're responsible for is how we react and what we do and how we handle these different situations. And realize there's social differences, there's differences in, in homosexuality, there's differences in abortion, there's differences in how someone may feel or what they may feel. And, and all of this just stirs up emotions inside people and, and it causes conflict for no reason whatsoever. And the reality is that that difference, it causes this division, and you see differences in homes. You know, you see spouses who argue with each other, not only spouses, but then you, you may see kids arguing with each other, and then the worst, you see the kids arguing with the parents, and, and then the parents like start arguing, and, and it, just, it just causes all this division. And then you get the family members involved, the other ones that tell you you were wrong in what you did. You know, y'all know them. You, you know, all of us have that Uncle Bob who, who comes in to save the day and just causes more division and causes more to, I can't believe you treating your kid like this. We were never treated like that. Uh, yeah, we were. We just don't, we don't remember, you know, how our parents maybe treated us and or we want to be the the Disney parent or the Disney aunt or uncle, you know that type, the one who comes in and it's all about the, this wonderful life and everything's perfect and, and don't worry about anything. Let's all just go out and have a party and have a good time. Meanwhile, the, the other parent's trying to do what's right and, and, and put foundation into someone's life. And sometimes that foundation requires a, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? 
Yeah, I, I know. Boom. Sometimes it's required. It's needed. But then, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. I remember when my kids were growing up and, and I swatted my daughter. She says, I'm, I'm calling the police. I say, here you go. Here's the phone. Go ahead and call. I'm going to whoop you till they get here. <laughs> Just so you know. But, but you, you get all this division and, and all this strife going on, and, and it just it makes no difference. Um, I, I think all of these differences translate into division, and not only in the world that we see, but unfortunately, even in today's world inside the church. Inside the church, you see this same thing. You see this division because different people think different things. You think about there's different styles of worship. You know, some churches, I remember back in the day, man, you better not put no drums on that stage. What do you mean you got a bass player? We are piano players only. <laughs> or how about no instruments? We're going total acapella. Whether you can sing or not, that's how we're going to do this. You know, so you got different styles of, uh, of worship. You have uh, different doctrinal beliefs. You know, we ain't even going to get into baptism because that could be a whole different ball game. But different doctrinal beliefs, different types of music. Hey, we only want hymns. We only want contemporary. We don't want to blend. So you got all these different things going on. You have countless differences even inside the church that cause division and they cause strife with inside the church. So, so today the big idea is this. In a world of differences, because you know we got to live in a world of differences, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus has created reconciliation for divided people. So no matter what our division is, no matter how we're divided, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection can fill that gap, can make us change and have us be a people who are united because we're united under the same cause. So if you have your Bibles, today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you. And in the Bible in the back of the pew in front of you, it is on page 1,344. Otherwise, as always, it will be up here on the screen. And in reverence of our Lord, I'd like to ask all of you, please rise for the reading and the hearing of his word. <clears throat> So Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22 say this. So then remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised, by those called the circumcised, which is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. He did this so that he might 
reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. Amen. Man, there's something about standing up and reading God's word, isn't it? There's just something about standing up and hearing it and giving that reference to him. And so I just love it. So, so this whole chapter two, we've, we're only reading half of it here. I'd encourage you to, to go back and read kind of the first 10 verses that we didn't read. But, but chapter two is all about us. It's all about us as a Christian family, how we should live our lives and, and what we should do. And it deals with the body of Christ. And we are the body of Christ. And here Paul's attempting to teach us that, that Christ is in Christ. All of our differences are equal. All of our differences should be put to death. And all of our differences should not be what hinders us from moving forward and doing what God calls us to do. Now understand, while the world may fight their wars Society may argue over different agendas. Homes may be divided. The church is a place where unity and peace should be found. Now, you notice I said should be found. Because it's not always found in the church either. But it is some place that it should be found. And through Jesus, there's this oneness that should bring all believers together under the guise of We've accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. So that's a common ground that each one of us as believers have, and that's the starting point. As it says, he is the cornerstone. We're built on that. We're built on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And, and, and the first 12 verses in, in this talks about richness of the past, it talks about this loss of a condition that we have. But I like what Paul says in verse 13. You who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You who were far away. How many people in this room were far away at one point in time? I know I was. I was far away from God. I, I knew who he was. I was raised in church. Yeah, God, I know who you are, but man... I got to live my life. I, I got to do me. I, I, I know all about it, but man, this world is just, I kind of like it. I, I like being able to go out and party. I like being able to do these different things. And, and, and Lord, I, I, I'll be back. Now, thank God I came back. But see, there's some of us who have lived that life and kind of still wish we were back in that life. But the reality is with Jesus, we're, we've got this newness to us, so, so we need to move forward and, and realize that we were bought with the blood of Jesus. And we were brought together 
in unity because of Jesus. Uh, and, and this whole thing is, this whole chapter, like I said, is dealing with, with the body of Christ. The body of Christ is made up of not only redeemed Jews, but redeemed Gentiles. Each one of us has been redeemed through the blood of Jesus. And when we think about our divisions in our community, you know, unfortunately we think of, you know, these Facebook uh, spats. Or how many people use the Nextdoor app? If you're on Nextdoor, I'm telling you, you think they bash people on Facebook? You need to go on Nextdoor. Someone will ask a simple question of, how come the helicopter's flying around in my neighborhood? And the answers that are out there, I'm like, Y'all people need Jesus. Y'all people need Jesus just out there, or even Facebook. Let one person say something on Facebook that people don't agree with, and it becomes this bash. Everyone's bashing everyone. And then the comments, people even get, start bashing for other reasons. And, and then you see someone who calls themselves a Christian right now, and you're like, oh, I can't believe they said that. So then what do you do? You start bashing the other Christian? And then it turns into a whole different ball game. And the reality is that's what Satan wants. Satan wants that division. He wants to divide us. He, he wants us to say, hey, you know, I know I've been saved by the blood of Jesus, but guess what? I'm just like the world. I, I'm still doing what the world calls me to do. And I'm still living this life of the world. And, and the reality is, you know, as you look through the Bible, I think of the, the city of Antioch. So the city of Antioch in the Bible was actually built with a literal wall in the middle of the city. Now, some of us may be saying, yeah, we need a wall. We, we need this wall to separate us from the world, and, and we need this wall. Well, they were literally built with a wall to keep the Syrians and the Greeks separated from each other. It's crazy. Think about it. Think about this. You come inside church and you say, hey, I'm coming in here to worship God and I want to hear the word of God. And we build this giant wall across here. So all you can do is sit there and look at a wall. And from a distance, you can hear worship. And from a distance, you may hear some preaching, but you got nothing but this wall to look at because you're separated from what's going on. And that's the same thing that happened in the temple. You remember about five weeks ago, I was preaching on, on Jesus flipping over the tables and the chairs, and we talked about the way the temple was laid out. Well, us as Gentiles weren't even allowed to go in where the preaching and the sacrificial system was happening. There was a literal wall that separated us where we could come and worship the God of the Israelites, but we couldn't go inside. And unfortunately, we do the same thing in our life. Even as Christ followers, we'll be like, hey, you know, you, you need to know Jesus, but don't come to my church. You need Jesus, but man, you're too messed up to come into my church because we forget how messed up we were. We, we forget how bad we've been. And we even forget how bad we are now. You know, we forget that we we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God and but all of a sudden, your sin's greater than mine, so you can't come in. You know, the church is a hospital for sinners. It's not a country club for the saved. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in that. I've said it before. I had someone say, man, I love when you say that, us four, no more. Because that is a reality. There are many churches today. It's, it's about us four people and no one else. Well, if that's what you believe, then go 
do church in your living room. Because we're called to be different. We're called not to be divided. So anyways, so by the time the Apostle Paul wrote this, like I said, in Antioch there was actual, an actual wall that separated Syrians and the Greeks. By the time that this letter was actually written, there was 18 different cultures of people living in Antioch. And, and then all of a sudden these people who accepted Jesus came along and they were defying what, what was said, because here are these people who were on separate sides of the wall, and they were separate kind of cultures, and this and that, all of a sudden accepted Jesus, and they started eating together. They started worshiping together. They started praying together. They, they started doing things together that they actually confused the people who live there. They didn't know what to do, and that is actually for the first time in the book of Acts, in the city of Antioch, we got the name Christians. And it wasn't like something proud to say. You know, nowadays, I'm a Christian. Back then, to be called a Christian wasn't a good thing. But they had to come up with these names for people who were followers of the way or followers of Jesus, and they defied logic. It made no sense. We had a wall to separate us, you know, the... These people lived here, these people lived here, these people lived here. You know, it's kind of like in the U.S. today. You know, this is little Italy, all the Italians live over here. And all the Irish live over here. And maybe the, the Mexicans live over here. Oh, yeah, and Chinatown. Then you got Chinatown. You know, and, and we separate ourselves out, which is crazy. Which is absolutely crazy in today's world. Where, where we're called to be together, we're called to be united, and, and even as Christ's followers, we should be like they were in Antioch. We should take that time and cross them, hey, I don't care if this is Little Italy and I'm Irish, I'm coming to hang out. I don't care if this is Chinatown, I'm coming to hang out. I don't care where it is. Because if you are my brother and sister in Christ, there is no difference. There is no difference. We are Christ followers. We are the same inside. We're following the same God. So we should have the same beliefs and live this life together. I, I just find it absolutely crazy that these people lived with literal walls between them. And even with literal walls between them, they found a way to come together. They found a way to come together for Jesus above everything else. You know, it reminds me back in 1961, of course it was before I was born, but I know the history of it, when, when in Berlin, the East Berlins built a wall around Western Berlin. And, and they built this wall because, hey, y'all are different. Y'all just don't make no sense. And we're going to build this wall, and guess what? I don't care if your family lives here, and we built this wall, and you're right across the street. You can no longer spend time with your family. We're putting guards on the wall. The eastern Germans are going to be there. And if you try and come over that wall, we're going to murder you. And they killed thousands of people, including family members, just trying to come over the wall to see family. And this wall, when it was built, it was really that same thing. We're different than you. Almost say we're better than you mentality. You stay on your side. 
We're staying on our side. And by the way, if you come over here, you're going to die. We're not going to allow you to come over. And, and most of us will probably remember <coughs> back in the 80s, President Ronald Reagan standing in front of the gates of the Berlin Wall with his famous speech, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And I remember it as a kid, you know, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. You know, I was in the Marine Corps. I'm like, yeah, that's my president. I was all excited about it. And then finally it happened in 1989. In 1989, the East Germans finally decided, the government announced that Eastern Berlin could pass over to Western Berlin and they could go see their family and their friends. And, and this whole atmosphere, this party atmosphere broke out. They were excited. And it didn't take that much time. You know, as people were going through the gates, they started, you know, hey, man, I want a piece of this history. And they started chipping at that wall. And they started taking pieces of the wall. Next thing you know, now the wall's coming down. There was this huge celebration. And I don't know about you, but I remember watching it on TV. And here's the reality. If you watch that on TV and you saw families that were divided by a wall actually being able to come together, the love and the joy that they had amongst each other was absolutely amazing. We need that today because we have built social walls between us. We have built political walls between us. We've got all these walls that we put up that need to be torn down. We need to be like President Reagan, tear down them walls, get rid of them because they do nothing but divide us. And as Christ followers, we should not allow a wall to prevent us from showing the love of Christ to anybody. Our sources of division today, they just vary. They're, they're totally different. We got racial and ethnic. We got cultural, religious, political. But the gospel is what brings hope. The gospel can bring hope to tear down every one of them divisional walls in our lives today. And that's what this passage, it, it should read as this reminder that even though there was this ancient religious division, it may have been destroyed, but we still see it in the church today. We still see that same division among Christians. And we totally miss the point that we're reconciled through the blood of Jesus. We should be reconciled. We should be one. And, and instead of, you know, reading this, we need to understand, you know, we, this whole, hey, we're reconciled with God. It's just this vertical, hey, all right, cool. I, I, I can be one with God because of Jesus. But here's the reality. If I'm one with God through Jesus, I should be one with my brothers and sisters also. But we get so caught up on I need to work on this relationship with Jesus that we forget about the relationship of our brothers and sisters in Christ right next to us. And we got brothers and sisters in Christ that we've got walls up just because maybe we don't assume we don't like the same carpet. Or we don't like the same music. Well, maybe we're not racially the same or we're not culturally the same well, maybe we're not politically the same. So we put up these dividing walls that actually separate us as brother and sister in Christ. And it should never happen with inside the church. But here's the reality. Have you read the New Testament? Guess what? The church has never been perfect. 
And guess what? We're never going to be perfect. But the church had them glimpses of unity where they came together for the gospel of Jesus Christ and did what was right. And they may have been messed up. Hey, you read Corinthians, the Corinthian church was messed up. They were me- Read Revelation about the churches in Revelation. Yeah, I think very t- much in, in life today and in the U.S., we're that lukewarm church that's going to be vomited out because we lost the love that we initially had. We, we forget that love that we had when we first came together. And remember, when you first accepted Jesus, man, every, oh my God, I'm hugging everybody. I'm hugging everyone. Everyone's my brother and sister in Christ. And, and then you start doing life together, and you're like, I don't know about them. I, I'm, I'm going to stay on this side of the room. Well, we, we, if we have a get-together, I'll make sure, you know, if they sit over there, I'll come sit over here. And we divide ourselves and we build these walls. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Because some of y'all got people on your mind. Yep. I'm sitting on the other side of the room with them. It ain't going to happen. We, we allow divisions. We allow so many different things to stop us. And we should just realize that that relationship with Jesus Christ isn't just a relationship this way. It's a relationship this way with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're called to be different. We're called to live out and be that. We're a new creation. So we're called to live out that new person when we accept Jesus. That new person isn't just when we get to heaven. That new person is alive in the world today. We need to separate ourselves from the old and actually do what we're called to do and work on not only our relationship with Jesus, but our relationship with each other and have that unity that we're called to have. Now, now see, next week I'm actually going to talk about those difficult conversations and building bridges across divisive issues with unbelievers. Because talking about all this with an unbeliever is different than talking with a believer. Because here's the reality. As believers in Jesus Christ, we should be what? Thinking the same way. Now, you go out into the world that says your Bible is trash, it's nothing but a story, it's written by man, they don't have all these books that should have been in the Bible, you got all these different things, and it conflicts each other, and you're going to tell me? That's a whole different conversation than, hey, let's dig into God's Word and see what God has to say. But the problem is when we say, hey, Let's open up and see what God's word has to say. Too many times in history, there are people who took pieces of God's word and twisted it for their own agenda. You still see it in the world today, and there is still wars going over what some people believe and what others don't believe. And you see it in the world. So next week, we're going to dig into that. But understand that this... The unity that we have in Jesus, it's not born over similarities. You know, we're, we're, we're not all people with the same shared interests. We all don't have the same opinions. Um, we all have free will. And the reality is we have free will to decide to be united. It's a decision that we make. We can decide to be united and do what God's Word calls us to do, 
where we can decide to live our each and own individual life. I would rather prefer to live my life doing what His Word calls me to do. And realize even if disagreements are our ultimate status as, as people who are reconciled by the cross, in verse 16 it says we're part of one body. In verse 18 we have access to one spirit. In verse 20 we're built on the same foundation. And in verse 21 we're built into one dwelling place for God. We are the body of Christ. We should live our life the same way. N.T. Wright actually said this about this passage. He said, yes, say the scoffers, ethnic divisions are broken down. We know that, but why make such a fuss about it? The answer is that the church, thus united through the grace of God in the death of Jesus, is the sign to the principalities and powers that their time is up. Think about that. When we come together unified under the blood of Jesus with one goal, one body, one spirit, one God, and we come together, the principalities of darkness in this world realize that their time is up. Because if they can't get us and they can't divide the church, which they do such a great job of doing, and we come together unified for Jesus Christ, Satan has no ground. No ground at all to stop us and prevent us from doing what God calls us to do. But as soon as there's a crack in that armor, as soon as there's a crack in that unity, man, Satan's jumping in. And he's going to use that crack in someone's life to ununify the church. And we've seen that for way too many years. We've seen that way too long. And the realization is it can't be this fake unity, you know, for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We come in here for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, Pastor, we're all on the same page. Woohoo! Yeah, raise your pom-poms. All right, yeah. And then you leave, and the last thing you want to do is see someone you saw in church, you know, because you got that fake unity. You think Satan don't know about that fake unity? Well, unity is unity, coming together on all things, working together for the same common goal, doing what we're called to do, and understand that there is no greater power in the world today than for the world to see a weary division inside a church. But here's the other side of it. When they see a church who is messy, but through hard work, and dealing with those messy steps, comes together in unity and becomes a beacon into the community, the world's going to see it and know that you're different. And I think that difference, that unity, comes under the blood of Jesus and doing what His Word calls us to do. And it's taking what His Word calls us to do and saying, hey, you know what, this is what I'm called to do and it's not just on Sunday. I'm going to do this on Monday. Guess what? I'm going to do it again on Tuesday. I'm going to do it again on Wednesday and then Thursday and Friday. And I may be getting a little tired. I'm getting a little worn out. And I may have a little tear in my pants because I've been working so hard for Jesus. But I'm going to continue to do it Saturday. And guess what? I'm coming back on Sunday. And I'm going to be refreshed. 
I'm going to get back into his word. I'm going to get refreshed with what it says, and I'm going to go out there again. I'm going to do the same thing next week. And I'm going to live this life for Jesus, live this life for a unified body of Christ, and be who he actually calls us to be. You see, in reality, we're, we're like those uh, TCK kids. Y'all know what TCK kids are, right? Third culture kids, and that's not a band. You know, third culture kids are, are those kids who, you know, it's like uh, missionary kids. You know, maybe they're born in Haiti, or maybe they're born in Turkey or Afghanistan, but they're American citizens because that's where their parents are from. And, and But their entire life, they grew up in this other country. You know, kind of like diplomats' kids. You got diplomats to the U.S. and overseas or military kids. Military kids born overseas. Uh, first daughter was almost born in England. Um, you know, she well, Dad, I would have liked to have been born in England. Yeah, okay, you're still a U.S. citizen. Don't worry about it. But, but what happens is, you know, they, they live in this other culture for so long. You know, th think about yourself, you know, hey, I was born and raised in America, but imagine being born and raised in Afghanistan, but being an American citizen because that's where your parents are from. And, and then all of a sudden now you've grown up and now you're an adult and, and you go back, hey, I'm American, I'm going to go back to America. It's mighty confusing. Because the reality is, is even though they're American by birth, their entire life was spent in a foreign country. Their entire life was eating different food, going to different schools, learning a different environment. Everything was different about them, and it shaped who they were. And then all of a sudden, they're kind of in culture shock. Well, the reality is, we're all TCKs. Because we're living a life that God called us to live. We're kingdom kids. We're about being for the kingdom of heaven. We're about living for this greater thing. The problem is we've been so caught up in this world that we're living in that we're kind of used to this, what we deal with here. And, and although we belong to the kingdom, we're still stuck in the world. And we're stuck with the vices that are in this world. We're stuck with how we were grown and how we were raised and the, what we went, what we dealt with. And, and that old self holds on tight. It, it holds on tight as we try to be this new creation. But understand that we're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. And, and we need to be a difference than that. We... we Unfortunately for us, we've been formed by this world. And it's time for us to change. And that ultimate unity with one another, there's a reality here, because there's a culture shock. There's a culture shock when it comes to the church being unified. We're all from different backgrounds. We're all from different places. And all of us are trying to figure out what it's like to be living for the kingdom. Every one of us deals with it. Every one of us deals with it on a daily basis. And, and the whole application kind of thing for today is this. As we approach difficult conversations with fellow believers in our lives, 
we should lead with this reality. We will have all kinds of culture shocks. Places where our differences make conversation harder, but we are grounded in a reality that cannot be shaken by any social or political issue. And that grounding comes through Christ crucified. That grounding comes through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which should be a, allow us to put every issue aside and focus on the one thing that matters, doing what he calls us to do. Paul here reminds us that our ultimate foundation was the apostles, the prophets, the cornerstone in Jesus Christ. And Jesus will not be shaken. We need not be shaken either. You know, I'm thankful for what Jesus allows me to have that relationship with my Heavenly Father. I don't deserve it, but He loved me enough to allow me to have it. Back in 1963, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said this, it is appalling that the most segregated hour of Christian America is 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Y'all know why? Here's a reality for you. About 8 in 10 American congregations still attend services at a place where a single racial or ethnic group compromises at least 80% of the congregation. Think about that. 80% of the congregation one single racial or ethnic group. Is that what heaven's going to look like? No. Then why do we do it in church? Because here's the reality. Because we still allow walls, we still allow borders, we still put these things up that tell us, this is where I belong. Yeah, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, but this is my niche. These are my people right here. No. We are all God's people. And not only is it segregated out by ethnic groups or racial groups, it's also separated by denomination. I call it demonations. Because it was one of the biggest things Satan ever did. Catholics, Jews, Lutheran, Baptist, Pentecostal, Episcopalian. It's crazy, Jehovah Witness. Well, Jehovah Witness cult, not, a, not Christians. So it has separated the body of Christ by beliefs that make no sense. Here's the reality. If you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, God's Word says you're going to heaven. That's what we should all, that's the foundation if you're sprinkled, if you're dunked in baptism, if you believe in raising hands during worship, all that other stuff makes zero sense whatsoever, but we will allow it to separate us as the body of Christ because of something that was man-made. I tell people all the time, you look here, he talks about Jew and Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised. There's no other denomination in the Bible. Yeah, you know, we're Baptists. We baptized Jesus with John the Baptist. Just joking. Just joking. 
It's a fun joke to tell all the Lutherans, though. But the, the reality is, in the Bible, is Jew and Gentile. We are Gentile believers in Jesus Christ. That's who we are. We need to pay, take down the walls, take down the barriers, and be the body of Christ. <clears throat> and until we come to the place that we're willing to walk as one in Jesus, the church will never experience his presence <clears throat> or his power unless we come together as one. And until we come to a place of unity, we will always be less than Jesus saved us to be. Jesus saved us to make disciples of all nations, not just yours, not just your neighborhood, not just your family, but all nations. <clears throat> I think it's interesting, three different times in the scripture he talked about peace. Where's your peace? Where's the peace in your life? Do you have walls you need to tear down? or you know? Because if you're like me, if I want peace, I put up walls. Because if I put up a wall, I can't see what's, not, what's stealing my peace. Oh, that's a peace stealer right there. I need to put a wall up instead of going over and reconciling the problem. Having that conversation. Being who Jesus called me to be. And here's the reality is, <clears throat> when it comes to another, someone that you believe is a believer in Jesus and lives the life that Jesus calls them to live, we're going to mess up. You got to have those conversations. Now, the reality is you still have a conversation with a non-believer, but that conversation's different. Because someone who believes in Jesus is going to believe in what his word calls for they're going to believe in that reconciliation. So that's where that conversation should start. But if someone's only spewing hate and discontent, sometimes the best thing you can do is just pray for them. Pray that God will soften their heart so that you can actually have a brotherly or sister conversation with them. Because we all know there's some people who call themselves believers who we question their salvation. And we question with what they put on Facebook or what they put out there in the world. Are they really living for Jesus or are they living for themselves? And in some cases, all you can do is pray for them because you're never going to be able to have a true reconciliation until God steps in. And if you're here today and you're like, hey, pastor, that really sounds good. <clears throat> I like all that you're saying. But man, I don't even know Jesus. I, I know who he is. I, I've heard about him. And, but man, I, I like these walls. I, I like being separated. And, and he would never accept me anyways because I'm just, I've done some bad things. But here's the reality. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. So the person sitting next to you is a sinner. So you can look over and say, hey, sinner, how are you? Because we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. But yet God loved us enough that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And God's word says that if you confess with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We welcome you to the family. And guess what? When you accept Jesus, I'll tell you right there, welcome to our messed up, jacked up family. Because every one of us is messed up. Every one of us is jacked up. But you know what? Every one of us is loved by our God. And we need to learn how to show that same love. And guess what? You're going to fall short. You're going to mess up. But thank God for the grace of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus that saved each one of us. And I want to encourage you, if you're here and you're stuck and you got walls up like, hey, man, I'm only staying over here in Little Italy. It's time to bust down them walls. It's time to take those walls down because we live in a world of differences. But us as Christ followers should be different than the world. If you're stuck with walls, break them down today. Tear down those walls and become the unified body of Christ that we're called to be. Amen? And if you're separated from God, accept Jesus and break down that wall between you and God and accept him today and walk out of here today knowing for sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Whatever it is, and at the end of service, I'll be in the back at if you need some time for prayer, uh, there'll actually be some prayer partners sitting up here. I know in a small church, people don't want to walk up front because of that whole stigma of, oh man, pastor talked about breaking down walls. They must have some racial or ethical or some type of wall they need prayer about. Well, guess what? Don't worry about what other people have to say. You can wait till they leave. When they leave, then you can come up and pray or, hey, I'll be in the back They'll just think you're talking to me, and I'll pray with you anyways, all right? Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for everything you do. Lord, we thank you that you break down walls. In a world of differences, you never change. In a world of differences, you're always there. In a world of differences, you have the power to keep us focused on you. So, Lord, as we, we go through our week, Lord, I just ask that you keep us focused on what you call us to do. Lord, and if there's anyone here who's, who's got those walls up, Lord, I ask that you break them down. That we would be the body of Christ that we're called to be. That we would be unified, not only for an hour on, on a Sunday morning, Lord, but that we would be unified throughout this week that we would go out and we would tell people about you, that we would have that relationship with others. And as we strive on our relationship with you, it will help to build the relationships around us. And Lord, people will know that we're different. And Lord, that they can call us Christian because Lord, we are different. We break down walls. We change who we used to be. We live that new creation now. We're not the old person. We're the new person that we find in you. So, Lord, help us to be new in you. And, Lord, I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to 
go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.